listening to the Refined Hippie Podcast, a show all about holistic lifestyle, nutrition, and plant-based veganism for a mind-body-spirit approach to living healthfully and happily for ourselves and our planet. Welcome, my lovely friends, to another episode. I am your host, Rebecca Henson. This episode is very exciting, as they all are, but this is a topic that we have never covered on the podcast. We have done almost 90 episodes, but we have never talked about EMF and 5G. And today, it is such a treat because we have an expert on these topics on the show telling us all the things. Today's episode is with R. Blank, who is the CEO of Shield Your Body, a company that creates products that make it easy and affordable for people to reduce their exposure to wireless radiation from our devices that we use all the time, our cell phones and laptops. And he is on a mission to make technology safer. His company has hundreds of thousands of customers, over 30 different countries, and has been interviewed on platforms ranging from ABC to Electric Sense, and he is an internationally followed expert on issues of EMF, health, and safety. R was inspired to create SYB after he co-authored the best-selling book, Overpowered, with his father, Dr. Martin Blank, one of the world's leading EMF scientists. Along with being an entrepreneur, technologist, and author, R is also the host of the new Healthier Tech podcast. So be sure to check that out after this episode. But R and I get into some really great conversations surrounding EMF and 5G. We, of course, talk about his story. We get into the different types of EMF, ionizing versus non-ionizing EMF, how to live in our modern world, what is 5G, smart tech, Bluetooth, cars and EMF. We, of course, get into the health implications of this type of radiation, including infertility, immune system problems, autoimmune diseases. We talk about EMF protection products, toxic load, Faraday cages, and ours top three EMF products that everybody should have. It is an extremely educational and informative episode. You might even want to have a pen and paper ready to take some notes because there's a lot of really good information in here. So without further ado, here is my chat with the inspiring R Blank. Hello, R. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Rebecca. Thanks so much for, for having me. This is this is great. I am super stoked. Um, I have been doing the podcast for around three years now, and this is the first time that we have touched on this topic. And it's been one that I've wanted to talk about, but I didn't really... I don't know much about it. I know like... <laughs> I kind of know just the, 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 the fact that it's bad that EMF and 5G are bad. <laughs> um, and that's kind of the extent of it. So I'm excited to deep dive in this. Yeah, I see you're, you're wearing an Apple watch, huh? No, 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 no. Mm -mm. Oh, no, I'm anti. This is, this is just a normal, uh, battery powered. Oh. It's like, it's actually a surf watch. It has like, uh, it's a Nixon watch you, it has like the tides and stuff on it. So no, I don't have cool. Mm -mm. I've actually yeah. been anti Apple watch <laughs> since they came out. <laughs> I'm like, I don't need these people to know. I mean, like, at least with your cell phone, you can uh, leave it and then the government doesn't know where you are or they can't, or Apple doesn't know where you are, you know? So I don't, mm -mm. 
I don't prescribe to that. <laughs> cool. But a lot of people do think it does look like an Apple it Watch. It does so look like it. Yeah. yeah. I know. Yeah, yeah. I know. So people sorry may. for sorry for the false I, I, accusation. I'm, I, it's it's. I'm not offended. I, yeah. <laughs> I'm not too offended. <laughs> um. But yeah, you your background is pretty intense. I feel like this type of research and technology kind of like runs through your veins in a way <laughs> um, because of your father. So tell us a little bit about your background and your dad. And, okay, sure. Yeah. Well, my background before I got into the work I'm doing now was in software engineering. And uh, so I had a software engineering firm in Los Angeles and we'd make uh uh, apps and games for, you know, companies like Apple and Microsoft and Mattel and Honda. And then it was about 10 years ago uh, that my father and and uh, my father was Dr. Martin Blank, and he was one of the, the world's leading researchers into the health effects of exposure to EMF or electromagnetic radiation. And about 10 years ago, he had a contract to write a book about uh, everything he'd learned in his career, um, sort of a top level summary, uh, but aimed it at just regular people, not other scientists, not academics, not uh, activists. And so he asked me for some help to, to write that book. And that book became known as Overpowered. It's still available, still uh, one of the leading uh, books on this subject. And it was in the course of writing that book that a few things really hit home. Now, as you noted, um, obviously, you know, he was he was my father for my entire life. It didn't just start in 2012. <laughs> so I, I knew uh, at a top, at a very broad way, I knew uh, some of the issues involved. So for instance, I knew why, I knew it was because of my father's work that we never had a microwave oven. And I knew that once I finally got my first cell phone, which was right after college, I knew never to hold it up against my head. Hmm. Uh, but other than some basic stuff like that, I, I didn't really learn uh, everything that I, that I eventually did when, when working on that book with him. And so there's a couple of key pull, uh, points to, to note. One is that the science on the health effects of exposure to electromagnetic radiation it is very strong. It's stronger now, but in 2012, it was already very strong uh, because oftentimes when you hear this covered, you'll, you'll hear debates. There's no conclusive proof. There's no definitive evidence. There's no this and that. But if you actually look at the science, it, it paints a very compelling uh, uh, picture of just the how impactful this is to human health and in fact, health of all living things. Then the second is that uh, the stuff that emits EMF uh, forms the entire basis for what we consider to be modern society. Um, and, and that includes our jobs, our entertainment, our healthcare, uh, even the ability to, to stay up at night, you know, without a candle, right? This, this all relies on stuff that <laughs> emits EMF radiation. And so when you identify a toxin like tobacco, it is possible to regulate that out of existence. And you'd have some very annoyed people who are jonesing for their next fix, but that would be the extent of the damage that that causes. But with EMF, you can't get rid of it unless you're willing to go back to a life of and a world like we had in 1850. And so you have on the one hand, the science is painting this, this very compelling uh, portrait, but on the other hand, you can't get rid of this stuff. And so I realized there had to be safer ways for people to engage with and use modern technology. And that's where the idea for what became uh, Shield Your Body 
uh, or SYB, that's where it came from. So that was in 2012. In 2013, I launched my first product and I've been going uh, since then. That's amazing. Um, I think it's great to just that there are people trying to create solutions for this, because like you said, we're not going to go back to the 1850s. I mean, even if you were to go live in the middle of the woods, you would still probably be exposed to sun. I mean, you, where, where can yes, you get away from it? It used to know? be that you could get away from it. Hmm. Um, increasingly, that's not really the case anymore. So where, where EMF comes from? Well, actually, if I can step back one, 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 one step further back. EMF, there's a lot of different kinds of EMF. Uh, and they exist on what is referred to as the electromagnetic spectrum or the EM spectrum. And right in the middle, we have visible light. So visible light, like the type we get from the sun, is a form of EMF. Now, this was essentially, a few minor exceptions, essentially the only form of EMF that uh, humanity and, in fact, all life on Earth was exposed to for the entirety of the history of the planet. So then you have certain forms of EMF with more energy than visible light. These include things like X-rays and gamma rays. And everyone knows that this stuff is super harmful, even in really, really low doses. So whereas X-rays can sometimes be you know, important and useful, you know to get as few of them as possible. And it's why the technician always leaves the room when it's happening, right? Because this stuff, and, and so they have so much energy, these forms, that they are called ionizing because they have so much energy that they can knock electrons loose from the cells in our bodies. And that's, the, and that's the mechanism by which they are so damaging. So everyone, this is not a controversial topic at all. It has always been known that this stuff is really harmful. So then you have a, a, type, a, a few types of EMF with less energy than visible light. And these are called non-ionizing. And it was long thought that non-ionizing forms of EMF radiation were benign, they were harmless, they did no damage. Now, uh, science going back now about 100 years and growing in, in that time shows that that assumption was, was incorrect, that this stuff can uh, and does uh, impact uh, human, uh, humans and all living things uh, in a wide variety of ways, which I'm sure we'll, we'll, we'll start to get into. Now, it's these when when people like, like you have someone like me to come on the show and talk about EMF, it's those non ionizing forms of EMF that we're talking about. And those come from anything that communicates wirelessly and anything that runs on power. So that would include power lines, transformers and electrical appliances in your kitchen. So we're talking about a lot of different uh, sources of EMF radiation, all of them technological and uh and growing right so when i say you'd have to go back to the 1850s that's roughly the 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 invention of the light bulb um you know back when they introduced the light bulb there was still barely any emf in the world and then after that they introduced a power grid to power the light bulb so everyone could have light bulbs and once the power grid was in place they uh started to uh they, they, they built new applications, in effect, to run on this platform, and that's where we got appliances. And then we realized we could communicate wirelessly, and that's where things like radio came from. And then we used the same technology for radar and television. And then eventually we got, you know, cell phones and Wi-Fi and Bluetooth. And what you can see by these examples of all these different technologies is over time, the amount of EMF in our environment has grown uh, exponentially and continues to do so. 
So whereas even, you know, 20 years ago, it was possible to find places without exposures to these forces, uh, increasingly, that is just not the case, given the, the, the proliferation of, of cell phone networks, of satellite networks, uh, mm-hmm. and, and the grid itself. Mm-hmm. And then just the, all the things that you have hooked up in your house. I mean, yeah. I was before this interview, I was obviously trying to just like analyzing everything. I'm just like, oh my gosh, or even beside your bed, you know, I mean, I have like, I have less, I, I became a little bit more where I got a grounding mat a few years ago and like really got into grounding or whatever. And so we were kind of testing, I guess, um, I forgot what, what my husband was using for that. I, don't, I guess it was a frequency thing. What are those called? I don't know. What, what, depends which type of generally yeah. an EMF meter. But. I think it was. Yeah. And I mean, just even when the things were off, it was still admitting it's not like I had a heating pad thing and it was just like off the radar. Like, so, yeah. and then I unplugged it and then it was like, whoop, like, nothing. yeah, that's because even when those are off, they're still, they're admitting. still connected to the, to the, to the uh, wiring in your wall and they can conduct the uh, fields off of, off of that. Mm-hmm. So what is technically like, like EMF versus 5G? Cause obviously everybody's talking about 5G now, which I mean, what, what is the, it's basically the same thing. So, it's just like a different yeah. technology of, of, or what, yeah. how do you explain that? So, um, 5G is a type of EMF. 5G is actually a, it's a technology obviously, and it is the, the, the fifth generation, the currently the, the most current generation of cell phone network. And one of the things that makes 5G different from 4G and 3G and prior generations is that it is designed to operate at frequencies that can go much, much higher uh, than have ever been used before in consumer applications. So, um, uh, they, they, but they are both, uh, 5G is a type of microwave radiation, uh, which is the, the, the same type of radiation that your microwave oven uses to, to cook food. Um, just at a different level of power. <laughs> it sounds just just explaining it that way kind of sounds like scary. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's so five G is a type of this uh, non ionizing EMF. When it comes to five G, from what I understand, and I don't understand a lot of this, so <laughs> it's a little over my head. Um, is that it's the the rate of the frequency that's different with 5g versus other things like the, how do you like the, how yeah. Do you so frequency the is, it is the frequency. Yeah. Frequency and wavelength are interchangeable. Um, and, and, um, uh, well, wavelength is, is literally the length of the wave and frequency is how quickly it'll repeat, but they are, they correspond directly. So, um, so yes, well, 5g is, is designed to operate at, at higher frequencies, uh, or, or at shorter wavelengths, that's saying the same thing, higher frequency or shorter wavelength than uh, 4G and Wi-Fi and Bluetooth and so forth. And with the 5G, you have to have setups closer because it is... The, yeah, the so the higher the frequency, the, the less distance it will travel and the more easily it'll be obstructed by other like buildings and, and yeah. so forth. So what's the deal with that then? If if If... 5G cannot go through buildings, then why should we, why should we be concerned? Well, <laughs> so, <laughs> um, it, it, uh, well, well, I'm trying to think how to best answer that because I'm not one of these people who says that 5G is, is like the, the worst thing we should be worried about. Um, but 
uh, a it doesn't go th it, it, just because it doesn't penetrate buildings reliably enough to power a network doesn't mean it doesn't penetrate buildings. Second, um, companies are working very hard to circumvent those limitations. So that is why you have so many 5G towers uh, when it's compared to 4G. They need to be, you know, they need to be much closer. They need to be about every city block or so. And so the companies are obviously very invested in making the network as usable as possible. And so um, they are... The, the 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 uh, the characteristic that you're talking about is 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 going to be overcome is already being overcome, which is how you can get five G uh, reception inside of a building. I mean, do you think you think that five G is it inevitable that five G is going to be everywhere? Like, do we just is that? Yeah, I mean, happen? most it's going to be most places. This is how technology works. So just like four G got everywhere, eventually pushing out three G. 5G will eventually push out 4G, and 6G is already in development. Um, the part about 5G uh, that I, um, how do I say this in, in, in the least sensationalist way possible, that, that really concerns me most, right, that I want, is not so much the frequencies, uh, which we can talk about why that is, but I don't, it's uh, because to me, all these frequencies are bioactive. So 5G is it's another frequency. It's going to have health impact, but so does 4G, so does 3G. Uh, what what concerns me most is the whole the whole reason for 5G existing. You know, they market it to us as super fast, and you can download a movie in 3.2 seconds, which no one ever needed to do in the first. Why do you place. need that? But, I mean, the fact that you and I can look at each other in Zoom, I'm yeah. like. <laughs> I think it's good enough. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so they market it to us as a faster technology, but it is um, it wasn't built to be a faster technology. It was built to support many more devices. Right. So basically they were running out of room on 4G, given the number of the, the amount of growth in the number of devices that we have and that are connecting to these networks. They needed a network that was engineered from the ground up to support orders of magnitude greater number of connections. Wow. When I talk about connections, I'm talking about more cell phones, more cars, more smart homes, all of these things that need to connect to these networks. And so when I say that, what that means is we are going to have orders of magnitude more sources of EMF in, in our world around us. And that is the part about 5G that I find most harmful to human health is that it enables this uh, massive increase in the number of sources of EMF, which then will have a corresponding impact on our exposures. Good number of right. connections. So my, my uh, to your to your um, point about the five G and them wanting to, well, not having space for all the different um, connections. I guess it's like whenever you nowadays, well, we just had our kitchen re renovated, and when you're looking at appliances, there's so many appliances now that are connected to Wi-Fi. And I'm yeah. like, why, 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 why yeah. do I need my refrigerator to look in my refrigerator and then tell me what I need to buy? I can just do that myself, you know, or my yeah. oven or whatever. I'm just like blown away. And and I guess people are buying this at if they think like, oh, this is so much more convenient. I'm like, was it that hard for you before? Was it really? Yeah, no, smart know. fridges are a great example because that's one where I, I see basically no viable use cases. There is nothing that a smart fridge would add to my life. Now, there's other smart tech 
where I do see the value it brings. Now, it doesn't mean I'll go buy it, but I can see why controlling your door lock remotely could bring value or accessing your alarm security system from your phone, wherever you are. Again, I'm not advocating, I don't own these things and I wouldn't advocate that other people go out and buy them, but at least I can see the value in it. Whereas there's so many uh, product, I mean, smart fridges to me are, are among the worst ideas because they really don't do anything that, that you need done. But then there's all these really silly ideas. Like, I don't know if you're aware, they make a smart tampon. Um, yeah. <laughs> What? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I obviously I'm not a target consumer of that, so I'm not entirely, but it, I, I think it, it, it kind of measures your flow and sends data about you, your biology to your phone. And then you, but that is oh a, oh. that is something you don't need. And wow. it's in an incredibly vulnerable part of one's body. A hundred percent. I mean, I'm already concerned. I mean, women should be more aware of that. The, the fact they're putting terrible, terrible toxins. I mean, most tampons are just filled with toxins, which is like the most absorbent place in your body. Yeah. And then on top of that, then, oh my gosh, that is the, that's the weirdest thing I've, I've heard in a long time. And then they have smart hair brushes, which obviously, again, I'm not a target consumer for, <laughs> but, um, but that I guess measure aspects of your hair health and send that to your phone. There's all sorts of, I mean, smart kitty litter boxes. There's all that. sorts of this smart tech. Yeah. yeah that yeah. that uh, you just really don't need and and increasingly not with litter boxes so much but increasingly it is very hard to find the non-smart version of something so for you know i have i have a an elliptical um and it is impossible to find an elliptical anymore that doesn't have bluetooth and wi-fi what's more is it's impossible to turn off the bluetooth and wi-fi so you have to Keep it on while you're you're doing your workout, and then unplug it at the end, just so it's not operating continuously. Yeah. Wow. I mean, do you foresee eventually all products are going to be like that? It. I mean, all. I don't know all. That's that's a, a lot. Pretty okay. That's yeah, a, a lot. Yeah, that's extreme. Yes, for sure. <laughs> that's a lot. an extreme. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think I mean, about Bluetooth in the car? You know, so. <laughs> so when, sorry because everybody's like oh, i love bluetooth in my yeah car, well but. so my view is um is that all of this stuff is bioactive the more of it you're exposed to the greater your risk of developing a wider array of negative health outcomes so but at the same time you have to balance right that a lot, a lot of the stuff, you know, smart tampons aside, a lot of the stuff that exposes us to these forces brings value. And so you have to constantly engage in this process of, is it worth it? Does it actually add more, enough more value to my life? Because all of this stuff is, again, it's at, when, when, when I talk about studies that show, you know, EMF causes X health outcome or why health outcome that's based off of exposures that were 10 and 20 and 30 years ago it's not based off of exposures today and so we don't know what today's exposures are going to cause um, because they're so much greater than they were 10 and 20 and 30 years ago so when it comes to any one of these technologies i um i really advocate that people just really think does this tech actually add some real value to my life in a way that, you know, I, it, it's, it's worth it and I'm going to use it. I mean, I carry a cell phone, 
um, I mean, I carry it, I try to carry it as safely as possible, but I carry and use a cell phone. Uh, on the other hand, I don't use any Bluetooth technology um, because most of it is designed to sit right on your body in some way. And that is, uh, for reasons we can get into, that to me is a very unhealthy kind of exposure. And I also have among the lowest tech cars that you could possibly have. In fact, it came with a Bluetooth uh, radio and you couldn't turn off the Bluetooth in the radio. And uh, my car was stolen and they returned it, but without a radio. And we just didn't get it replaced because that was the one, one piece of wireless tech that was integrated into the car that we couldn't deal with. So that was my result. Cause I, you know, I just don't see the value in, in, in those technologies. Yeah. Um, my, I ha I think at this point, as far as cars go, I'm going to end up with just always having an old car. Like I don't, I don't ever want to get, and because you're again, it's with cars, I think for sure, you're not going to be able to opt out of whatever, you know, whatever technology they have in it, whether like my, my mother-in-law's car, when you get in it, it scans your face. <laughs> what? Like my, my husband was driving it and, and he got in and it said something about does not recognize, you know, and you had to like press some override button. And he was, we were just so freaked out. <laughs> we're like, I don't want to drive this thing ever again. Like, this is scary. I didn't even know that was a thing, you know, and my car, I think my car right now is a 2016 and, 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 and that's the first car I've ever had that had the Bluetooth, mm -hmm. uh, you know, for the phone, which I have enjoyed just because you can be hands-free, but that's the extent I think of, and again, like you're saying, trying to pick what's the most important and adds the most value. And I do think that that is one that I would say does. Yep. Um, so, but anything past that in the car, I'm like, I don't need any of this, you know? Yeah. Like, and you might be interested to know that, I mean, and, and I can't, as far as I've been able to tell, and I've talked, not only have I done this research, I've talked to people and I've assigned people on my team to do this research. As far as I can tell, there are no EMF exposure regulations or guidelines or standards in place in a car. So you, you like if you wanted to find out how much EMF you were being exposed to in your specific kind of car, you can't open the, the manual and find that out. Um, and as again, as far as we have been able to tell, there are no regulations governing that. And Americans spend a tremendous amount of time in their cars. It is much higher than uh, equivalent, uh, equivalently developed nations. Um, and, and so you, it's one of these, and, 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 and as you pointed out, right, you can't disable a lot of these things. So, um, but at the same time, you know, that's a good example because you're using it hands-free that makes driving safer. So, you know, you don't want to skip the EMF exposure because you're worried about the health concerns and then start texting and driving and then right. end up in a car crash, <laughs> right? And right? you, and and you, you got to keep run, the yeah. goal in mind, which is right. to, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so let's let's backtrack on onto the the health implications of EMF. Like, mm -hmm. what does the science say on kind of like? I think some of the most important the areas that people are concerned about is obviously reproduction, which that's a common topic that people are talking about: is sperm count, infertility, all these things. Like, what what does it say? What 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 is it doing to our bodies sure. for that? So in that area. I really do. Can you, can you, it's so you faint. Can... It's fine. Okay. Okay. It's really faint. <laughs> okay. I, I do apologize. This wasn't the scheduled time. We seem to have the fates conspiring against us. Ah, the government doesn't want you and me talking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, 
Okay, so in terms of infertility in particular, you know, the, the, the research on this and the science is very strong that uh, that carrying a phone, well, let's say it in these terms, EMF exposure in general is very harmful to sperm. It is also harmful to eggs, but eggs, because they are buried deep inside, they have more natural protection. So they're less vulnerable in practice to, to these exposures. But there's very strong science, I mean, right out of uh, Kaiser Permanente, for instance, that men who carry their phones in their pockets are much uh, experience much higher rates of infertility and subfertility. The good news there is that because we um, recreate or regenerate our sperm approximately every 24 hours, that when you stop that behavior, for instance, of carrying your phone in your pocket or using your laptop on your lap, that um, the, the overall health begins to improve, like I say, within about a day. So, but the, the science there, again, is, is, is very strong. Um, when it comes to eggs, like I said, it, you know, they have much more natural protection, where uh, in my view, on the reproductive side, the concern really starts coming in is once you are pregnant. And so there is a lot of research showing that uh, there is, for women who have higher levels of exposure when they are pregnant, they uh, have, for instance, a, a much higher rate of miscarriage. According to one study, again, out of Kaiser Permanente, it's a 2.72 times greater risk of miscarrying than women without those higher levels of EMF exposure. But what's, what some people find even more surprising is that even if the child is born and appears healthy, children, uh, how do I, children who were, when in utero, exposed to higher levels of of EMF radiation have greater rates of health impact, um, you know, seven, 10, 13 years later. And I'm talking about incidences of things like asthma and ADHD. So the reproductive side is, is, uh, is very concerning. That's very intense. <laughs> I think this is like one of the main, um, uh, I guess maybe one of the main headlines when you talk about EMF, you know, it's all, it's always about like sperm count and fertility. So, um, what, I mean, it's just obviously not keeping your cell phone in your pocket or, you know, close to that air, general area. Mm -hmm. What are other easy ways to reduce that exposure? Oh, that's, I mean, that's the, so, um, not carrying your phone in your pocket. That's actually my number one even if uh, someone's not asking about sperm count, that's still my number one piece of advice for people. Cause these cell phones, they are very high powered devices when it, when we're talking about EMF emissions. I mean, the, the phone itself needs to be able to communicate over many miles, right? Mm -hmm. That's how they're designed to reach towers, but it's not just the phone. Oftentimes people leave on all the wireless connections, which means they also have a Wi-Fi card that's emitting and they also have a Bluetooth card that's emitting. And they'll have uh, many of these newer phones have NFC or near field communication, which is used for things like Apple Pay and Google Pay. Those, that uses a totally different type of. And so you have this very high powered device right in your pocket. Now, why does it matter uh, that it's in your pocket as opposed to a foot away from you? And the answer is that the power of EMF radiation diminishes exponentially with distance. So if we, uh, I don't know if you're going to use this video or not, but I, I generally hold up examples. So if you um, have your phone and it is one inch away from your body and you double that, you move it to two inches away from your body, you've cut the power of your own exposure by 75%. 
because every time you double the distance, you're cutting the power of your exposure by 75%. Conversely, when it's right up against your body, you are getting a maximum possible dose of radiation that the device has to offer. And so that is the, that, and again, you know, it's right up against the gonads, um, which is a very sensitive part of the body. And so that is why it's very important to not carry your phone in your pocket or your bra or anywhere directly mounted on your body or to turn it into airplane mode if you do. Because when you're in airplane mode, uh, the, the EMF emissions are essentially cut off entirely. Wow. Um, but then again, it, it, that's, that's a powerful example. It's one I always cite uh, because so many people do this. Mm -hmm. um, but any, it, it holds true for anything, right? So you don't want the tech right up against your body. So I mentioned Bluetooth devices earlier, and one of the reasons I don't use them is because almost all of them are designed to be worn right up against your body. Another example is laptops. You don't want to be using a laptop in your lap, despite the name. In fact, <laughs> you know, there's, there's, certain, there's certain models of Dell laptops uh, where if you read the manual, they talk about a minimum of eight inch distance of separation between the laptop and your body in order for a quote unquote safe operation. Uh, the same is true, by the way, for cell phones, not not seven or eight inches. But uh, for instance, if you if you go into the iPhone manual, you will see that they recommend a minimum distance of separation in order to remain at or below federal uh, regulations of, of radiation exposure. And these are products like laptops. They design them to be used in your lap. Phones, and they design them that. to be hauled right up against your head. Yeah. But then they put in the manual, don't do it. That don't nobody do reads. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, that nobody reads. <laughs> nobody don't reads. do the thing that we designed this to be used for. And But the, these are examples of ways in which uh, to engage with this technology more safely. And even if you know, there's, you know, you're worried about the number of 5G towers that are going up near you, or if you're in an apartment building and you see all these different Wi-Fi networks that are on when you're there, you know, even in that world that we live in, where all of that is happening, when you're holding this high-powered tech right up against your body, that is going to be a huge source for you personally. Uh, again, given even given everything else that's going on. So addressing that proximal source by your own behavior is going to have a massive impact on your overall exposure level and your overall health risk. Mm -hmm. And it's one of the easiest things that you have control of, you know? Yes. Yeah, exactly. Right. I've definitely seen, um, over the years, you know, people, you know, some, some lady got breast cancer and then the, the daughter says, uh, she carried her phone and like you were saying yep. in her bra all the time. And it's like, no wonder. And, um, and then the cell phones up against your, I, I try to, I try to talk on speakerphone all the time, mm -hmm. you know, but then sometimes when you're in a store or something, you don't want to be so like, so then you use a wired head. Yeah. Use a wired head wired. Yeah. Yeah. And then when those like AirPods, I mean, I, when those AirPods came out, I was like, this is not good. You know, they're like literally inside your, your head yeah. almost, you know, yeah. like, how can that be good? And all these young people, like my nephew wanted them and like, and I'm just like, what, what is, what are we going to see here in the future? You know? Of so, you know, kids? that's a good question because it's, it's a good opportunity to explain to, to your listeners that this stuff is released without any of the testing that would tell us that, right? Because the types of health effects, with the exception of certain ones, like, like the impact on sperm, most of the types of health effects that we talk about when, when it comes to EMF exposure, these take years to form, right? They take five years, 10 years, 15, 20, 30 years. And, and 
uh, so for, you know, tumors, tumors take a long, they don't just, you use the phone wrong and then the next day you have a tumor. I mean, thank God that's not how it works, but it also <laughs> means we don't know, right? Because right. they don't have to do this kind of testing in order to release a product onto the market. And so all this whole generation of, of children that are wearing uh, AirPods and similar technologies uh, day in and day out for years, we have no idea what impact that's going to cause, except let me, let me, let me let me backtrack. We do have some idea. We don't know definitively the 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 why do we have some idea? Because Bluetooth uses a form of EMF radiation that is very similar to Wi-Fi and is relatively similar to cell phone radiation. And so we know, for instance, the links between cell phone radiation and brain tumors, the impact on the optical nerve, the impact on other important nerves in our head, which contains a lot of really important stuff. Let less, less we be <laughs> abstract about that, right? I mean, the head has a lot of important stuff going on. And, you know, brain tumors get the bulk of the attention because they are terrifying uh, and because there's uh, some very compelling science behind it. But there's uh, other stuff going on. Like I say, the eyes, the eyes are a very sensitive part of your, your, your body. Um, and the uh, your ears are very close to your eyes and and also another one right one of the reasons why airpods are more uh, harmful uh, or let's present a greater risk is i mean a big part of it is how close they are to you but another part of it is that there is no skull uh, separating where an airpod is held and your brain right because there's a hole in there um, uh, to allow uh, your your ears to work and and so the I say that because the skull provides a degree of natural shielding. Obviously, not perfect, but at least some. But when you're when when you're talking about a source right in your ear, that protection isn't there. The same is true for your eye. Your eyes are totally exposed. There is no skull protecting them. And so these are really sensitive things. And and people are just especially children. I mean, it's true for everybody. But the younger you are the more vulnerable you are to this damage from these forces and the longer you have to live with the impacts of any of that damage. And so um, it is it, it is really, but to, 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 to address that question in particular, it's going to be another five and 10 and 15 years before we can say exactly what impact AirPods are having on people, mm -hmm. because that's how long it takes to uh, to, to, for these diseases to manifest. Mm -hmm. And, and just with science in general, you know, reference, um, tobacco or asbestos or, or any other, you know, horrible thing in the past that, that we now know it's like, so obvious, like, how do they not know that or DDT or whatever, you know, and these things take time. And, and, and sadly, a lot of people get sick in the meantime, and, you know, whether or not they can make that connection at first, they might not, you know, just like with even, brain tumors or whatnot, they might just think it was the luck of the draw kind of thing, but was it, you know, really what they were doing for all those years or, or, or what? I mean, it's kind of hard to say, I think. Yeah, no. And, and, and further compounding that issue, right. Is to answer that question uh, as, as precisely as you can. Um, first off, you can't do it on an individual. Very rarely can you do that on an individual basis, right? Look at somebody who formed a tumor and say exactly what caused that tumor in that person. So what you do is you look at the incidence, the rates of incidence of that disease in bigger populations, and then look at their behavior or what they're exposed to in their based off where they live. And that, that 
body of that 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 approach to science is called epidemiology, which is the the study of incidence of disease in populations. Now, the reason I'm pointing this out is because in order for epidemiology to work, you need to have a group of people you're studying, and then you need to have a control population, the people not exposed to whatever you're studying. And as we were talking about earlier in this conversation, there is almost no such thing anymore. So how would you study a population as a control group when you're talking about EMF exposure? Now, when you get down to certain things like AirPods, yeah, they'll probably be able to, 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 to figure out um, that there, there were some, you know, it's not like everyone uses AirPods, but, but it, it, it becomes a really big problem in a world where everyone is exposed to this stuff. And it makes it harder and harder for science to answer these questions. Meanwhile, we're still having these incidents of disease. And uh, as you pointed out, on an individual basis, you're like, what caused this? I don't know. Okay. Mm -hmm. You know, bad luck. Bad luck. Yeah. It was just, it was inevitable. It's the, the, you know, it's, it's like with a lot of diseases, I mean, 99 per, 95% of them at this point, it was like, well, I don't know what caused it. And then you're like, you don't, and then, yeah. <laughs> how did you live for 40 years? What did you eat? You know, like, where did you live? Like you had a toxic, I mean, there's always for 95% of them, there's a, there's yeah, a yeah, cause, no, you know, sure. things just don't happen out of the blue, you know, I mean, very small percentage can be attributed to genetic defect or something that really is something in, you know, and when I say genetic, I mean, not, a, there's a great quote that is, um, that I love so much. That's, uh, genes loads the gun, but lifestyle pulls the trigger, you know? Mm -hmm. And so it's like, that's a very small percentage of what, I mean, so you have a lot of control of the outcome of your life, or at least to try to make it as, um, as healthy as you can, you know, and yeah, I think that's, that's why it's sure. so great. And it's, great. it's even true, even absent following, you know, following birth, you know, people ask me, what can I do to protect myself? And I, I come to the, the table with all these things you can do, like not carrying your phone in your pocket as well. But another big thing you can do is just live as healthy a life as you can, right? So the better your nutrition, the better your ex, and I am not one of these, uh, I am not in a position to be you know, I, I am not a paragon of personal health. I, you know, I'm, I'm okay, but, but I'm not, so I'm not trying to talk down to people, but it is true that the better your diet, the more you exercise, the more resilient your body is going to be against any number of different toxins, 100%. including EMF. And so if you're really concerned about your EMF exposure, diet and exercise are two of the things that you can be doing to improve your personal resilience and reduce your, your health risk from this toxin, just like from so many others. So, so true. So true. Um, I want to touch on EMF and the immune system, because obviously the past few years, everybody's even more concerned about their immune system, which they always should be because that's the pillar of health. So explain the effects of immune system of uh, EMF on immune. Sure. So this one is so, so a lot. <laughs> well, <laughs> let me answer it this way. Let's start answering it this way, which is EMF definitely impacts the immune system. Now it will impact the immune system differently for different people. And, and this is, this is, <laughs> I've never tried to answer it this way. So I apologize <laughs> if I'm a little stumbling, uh, but EMF impacts everybody differently. That's why with some people you'll have really bad, um, so, you know, certain types of, you know, you'll form a tumor and somebody else will feel nothing and somebody else, they'll just have massive anxiety, right? It's because EMF impacts so many different systems, which is something, um, 
I, I, I think maybe I, I glossed over, uh, but when I talk about EMF having all of these different potential negative health outcomes, the reason, and not just in humans, but in all life on earth, the reason that is true is because uh, it impacts so many different biological systems. It doesn't just impact the brain. It doesn't just impact the reproductive organs. It doesn't just impact our blood. It, it can impact any of our systems and for reasons which we can talk about later, uh, if you would like. So it can impact different people differently. Uh, the, when it comes to the immune system, uh, it, it, with some people, it can impact and, and, and create immunosuppressive impact. So uh, in one of the studies that I'm thinking of, right, it, the, the, the scientist was able to show that it actually uh, had the same impact as taking immunosuppressive drugs, the type of drugs that you take when, for instance, you're, you're undergoing chemotherapy and you need your body to just chill out so the, those harmful things can do the harm they're, just, they're supposed to do. But on the other hand, you have uh, autoimmune disease, which is uh, one of the areas of EMF exposure in health, where there is some very compelling evidence, where exposure to cer uh, certain types of EMF leads to higher incidence of autoimmune disease, which is when your immune system it becomes so sensitive, it starts attacking yourself. Oh, yeah. um, and not only that, not only is there science showing that uh, EMF causes autoimmune disease, there's also science showing that using EMF protection products reduces uh, or reverses autoimmune disease in uh, people who suffer from it. Yeah. Now, taking that even a step further, there's a certain population called, uh, often referred to as EHS or electrohypersensitive. Oh, I've seen, I've seen a documentary on people like them. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's a couple of good ones. And, mm -hmm. and what this is, is a population we don't know for sure how big for, for reasons we I'll, I'll get into in a second here, but it's a population who react. So, you know, I can walk into a room and feel fine. Someone with EHS can walk into the same room and have severe, for lack of a better term, allergic reactions to the same level of EMF that's in that room. Those can include rashes, joint pain, migraines, uh, and, and all sorts of symptoms that fit into that kind of broad category. And, and uh, the reason it's so hard, well, among the reasons why it's so hard to know how many people have EHS is because it is a very poorly understood condition, and it is not officially recognized uh, universally throughout the world. So for instance, you know, Sweden recognizes it, I believe, as a disability. Um, but the rest of Europe, or most of the rest of Europe does not. Um, in uh, there are a few institutions. Uh, the one that I always remember is the Women's College in Toronto that not only recognize it, but have a treatment regimen for it. Uh, but but when you're talking about a condition that's essentially new and that is not universally accepted, doctors who are practicing today were not taught about this, you know, in school. It becomes very hard to formally diagnose it, and uh, and then it, it becomes very hard to know how many people have it. It is estimated that it is anywhere from five to 30 uh, to have it. I believe whatever that number is. That Sorry, number you is just cut out a little bit. Five to what? I, obviously, oh. we need 5G. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. Five. <laughs> Dang it. Now, we, now this is a sign. I need 5G. It's not fast enough. <laughs> what did you say? Um, Sorry. Five. Yeah, yeah, no. Five to 30%. Wow. Uh, it is estimated. Wow. That five to thirty percent of humanity suffers from EHS. Uh, 
I believe it, it, it's pretty apparent that whatever that number is, that number is growing, right? Because as the, the levels of EMF in our environment just continue to grow every year, the number of people who are going to hit that threshold at which they start to experience these symptoms um, will, will just that will, will grow as well. Um, what I want to uh, kind of highlight for, for your listeners is, and we have, we have, we have a couple of really good episodes on this in, in the, in my, my podcast, the healthier tech podcast, uh, about EHS in particular. Um, but for people who are suffering, right, there's some people for whom it's a minor inconvenience or minor discomfort, but there's other people uh, who have to upend their entire lives because the pain that they are experiencing is so great and their sensitivity is so high that it is not possible for them to live in cities anymore. And they have to go find, and we were talking about this earlier, right, where it's harder and harder and harder to find places where you don't get these exposures. Um, when you find one of those places, uh, odds are there's not going to be a job there waiting for you. Um, so you have to, you, you know, you have to really upend your entire life. A lot of these people aren't even believed by their loved ones and their relatives. Right. They think it's a paranoia. Yeah, uh, that was one of the documentaries I saw. That they, yeah. I, it was kind of like um, this is years ago, maybe five years ago, and I and even the way it was presented on in the documentary was like, is this real? You know, are it, do they are they hypochondriac kind of thing? Yeah, that's how they covered it in Better yeah. Call Saul. I don't know if you watched that show, Better Which Call Saul. Better Call Saul. Oh no! Oh, that's the spinoff of Breaking Bad. Oh um, no, I haven't seen that. And the the main character's brother believes he has EHS and um, it's kind of this running thing throughout the show, whether he really does or if he's just insane. Oh, and, um, but that's kind of how it was perpetuating portrayed. that. Yeah. I mean, great. And that's, that's how a lot of people, and I, I mention it not, not as a joke, but that's actually how a lot of people have come to learn about this condition was through its portrayal in the, in that uh, show. Oh, well, that's good. Well, that's one good thing come out of yeah. <laughs> TV. I don't know. <laughs> so, but that is a, 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 to me, that is a very telling indicator about the impact on the immune system because and again in effect that is an allergic response um and uh just a couple of other notes on that before before we move on the the more damaged your immune system is from other conditions so for instance let's say you have multiple chemical sensitivity or mcs you are much more likely to have ehs and vice versa uh, if you have had lyme disease uh, you are much more likely to suffer from ehs and so there's there's this uh, basically, and this is getting outside of my area of expertise. So I'll just bring up the the, the idea and then and move on. But basically, we're talking about a certain toxic load, a certain level of toxic load that once you reach it, you become much more susceptible right. to these toxins, which include EMF radiation. Yeah, I talk about that a lot. Um, I I like the I use the analogy of you know you have an elevator. And on your elevator, you have all kinds of different things, whether that's, you know, stress from your job, your diet, you know, wh whatever's in your water, glyphosate, all these kind of things. And if to it, that if your elevator gets too full, then it's not going to function. Right. So, and that's the same, the that's same exactly idea of toxic right. load. And, and you talking about that and, and people who have this, this issue, I mean, we are being bombarded everywhere basically. And then with the more EMF exposure and, you know, obviously the, the trajectory of that <laughs> is going to, um, increase. So we're just going to see it more just like every other disease that we have going on, you know, and, uh, and going to autoimmune diseases. And I 
have experienced that. And, and this is why I started the refined hippie in general is because I had my own health journey. And then when I did that, it was like people out of the woodworks. It was like everybody I knew almost had something wrong with them. And I was like, nobody's talking about this. What is going yeah, on? So, you know, and it's the same, same situation with, with, in my opinion, with EHS, right? Because some of these, um, some of these symptoms that are reported with EHS, right? We're talking about sleep disruption. We're talking about anxiety. Uh, so much which, anxiety right now. So, you know? And there's so much of this in the world. So, and I, I don't say this to say everyone with anxiety, it's caused by EMF. But it's but not helping. There are people out there. <laughs> I mean, yeah. You know? well, there are people out there who have anxiety that is caused by EMF and they don't know it. They wouldn't even think to suspect it. And so that's why I believe the rates of incidents of EHS are actually higher than are reported because there are so many uh, chronic conditions to which we are just kind of becoming accustomed. Like, oh, that's life. Oh, that's getting old. Oh, you know, maybe I need to have a less stressful job or whatever it might be. And you don't really uh, suspect or have reason to suspect the, the, the toxins and the role that they are playing in your conditions. Mm-hmm. I, I often say, you know, it's, it's, uh, common versus normal. And, and there's so many things that are now considered common that people don't bat an eye, but they're not normal. You know, they're, they, all these crazy things are becoming so common and everybody's like, oh, well she has that and she has this. And I'm like, that's not normal Yeah. <laughs> just because everybody has it now. Does it like, why are we not asking the questions? Why is this happening? Why do so many people have these issues? You know, and you're talking about people. Uh, my my friend had messaged me a couple of weeks ago, actually, and and asked specifically if I knew if there were more five G towers in this certain area of town because she was like, every time I go there, I get so anxious. She has like insane anxiety, and I was like, I don't know, but I mean, oh well, probably can, <laughs> after this, remind me, I can send you a. There's a way you can map it. Oh, I would love that. And might yeah. be afraid also. And, and, and you, can put, you can put that into the show notes maybe. And, I'll give oh, you yeah. the link. Yeah, oh, yeah. people would love that. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Um, back but to yeah, I feel honestly, I, I I don't view myself, particularly since I deal with, with people who have real EHS, I do not view myself as EMF sensitive. At the same time, you know, I can't sleep right when I go to a city anymore. Yeah. Um, and, 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 you know, I, I feel like I feel wired. I feel disturbed. I mean, I can function fine during the day, but when I, well, eventually it starts to wear on me that I'm not getting good sleep and then I can't function so fine during the day. Yeah, (laughs) but but it really wears on on my uh, my ability to sleep. Um, And and by the way, that is yeah. Is is there one of those? You know how they have the little nets for um for mosquitoes and stuff? Don't they have them for EMF? Yeah, I have them. In fact, I mean, carry my it company to carry it with you well, on the your. The one chest. we have, the one we have, is not Wrapping portable, it. unfortunately. It needs <laughs> to be installed in your bedroom. Yeah. Uh, so, but yeah, if it, we have we have a, a range, a line, a growing line of of uh, EMF bed canopies that oh, are lab tested against five G as well as lower frequencies. Uh, everybody so, needs one of those. So, thank you for the segue to actually. Yeah. I always forget to. I always forget to talk about my products in these. In these. Uh, no. Well, I, I mean, like educating so much. Well, you're, uh, yeah. <laughs> you're, you, your products speak for themselves just through you, you know, I mean, and then people will, will go to that. And I have a friend who she was, she'd messaged me about those canopy things. And now I'm like, maybe I need one of those. I think my fan is in the way. I don't know. I got to figure that out because I got to make it work. <laughs> I'm like, give me all the things. I, I, um, I definitely was one of those people who used to put my laptop on my lap, like all the time. And now yeah. 
I don't, I don't do that. Or, I mean, does it make a difference if you put like a big pillow in between? Does that help? That will, a, any amount of distance helps. Right. And I also make another product called the, we call I want it the, one of those. plainly enough, the laptop pad. Yeah. And uh, yeah, if afterwards you, you send me your, uh, your shipping address, I'll happily get you one. Um, but uh, it's the laptop pad and it's designed uh, to make it safer to use your laptop in your lap. Now, yeah. I want to make it clear, right? I just said make it safer, safer. because there's it's no not, form, yeah. not, it's safe. not like zero. There's, yeah, there's right. no form of EMF protection that makes EMF safe. All you can try to do is make it safer by cutting the exposure. And so that's what my laptop pad is, is designed to do uh, by by putting a, an EMF shield um, uh, in, in between your laptop and, and your lap. And I've, I view that as most useful for people who don't have this. So for instance, if, if you need to use your laptop while you're commuting or while you're flying or when you're on the road, that's a really good uh, set of use cases for something like like the SYB laptop pad. To carry because it's it's small and easy to just thin. put in, yeah, put yep. in a laptop case or whatever. Yeah. What about um, like a Faraday, is it, what's it, Faraday cage or like mm -hmm. a little something, a pouch to put your phone in? So, yeah, I, I always, I always forget to actually put these on my desk. Uh, so I, I had to go reach for I it. think I'm this sorry. is like the number one thing that everybody <laughs> needs to be quite honest is like, or I don't know what would, if you had no, to choose yeah, like your totally. top three things of what people should, should have as far as becoming safer, what would those be? Sure. So I'll, I'll, I'll give you those three, but I will answer your question about the pouch because even though I don't use this product, it is my number one selling product. And we actually have a new version coming out. So shh, don't tell anybody. Okay. But it's, it's really, it's really cool. Oh, um, so this pouch, you, it's designed to put your phone in the pouch and then you put the pouch on your belt or your, in your pocket. And it's designed to make it safer to carry your phone. What? Now um, you mentioned Faraday. And a, a Faraday Nothing cage. can get out or in in that, right? right? So this, right. you can sit, like your phone will still work. You can still get calls that, or something. Wow, ah. you, you knew exactly where I was going with this. Yes, so it's the same fundamental technology as a Faraday cage, right? So yeah. what, what the British scientist, Michael Faraday demonstrated uh, back in, I believe it was 1836, almost 200 years ago. Wait, what? Oh, I didn't yeah. know all this history. Oh, I love history. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I did. Um, uh, is that if you weave, conductive metals, certain conductive metals into certain patterns, it will block and deflect EMF radiation in the other direction, just like a window shade will block and deflect sunlight in the other direction. Now, you know, a lot's happened since 1836. So we've gotten really good at, you know, you don't need like a fenced kind of metal. You can actually use very thin metallic fibers and weave them into other fabrics. And so that is, again, the same technology that we have in our uh, phone pouch and in most of my products, in fact. Uh, but as you pointed out, um, the whole purpose, right? Because if you if you wanted to silence your phone uh, or to get rid of the EMF completely, and you were willing to silence your phone, like and nobody knows where you are if you're trying and, to go off the grid. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so if you wanted to do that, right, just turn off your phone or put it into right. airplane mode, and then you don't have to buy something. True. <laughs> uh, also, when you're putting an active phone inside a full Faraday pouch and you haven't disabled the phone in any way, uh, it's going to burn through the battery and be susceptible to overheating because the way these phones are designed to work is that if there's interference, it will boost the it's power. It's trying harder. To it will try oh, harder. I never thought about that. And so that's why SYB does not make what, what you would a call full a full Faraday, Faraday. cage. Ah. So instead, 
we uh, make this pouch where the back has the radiation shielding. So that's the side that goes between your device and your body and the front doesn't. So this deflects radiation away from your body while still allowing your phone to communicate, to send and receive texts or calls and so forth. So that is, um, you asked about a pouch and that is my number one selling product, but I don't uh, use that because what I use Mm -hmm. is my sling bag. This is is by far my favorite product. Uh, I I love talking about this. That's awesome. So this is the same exact concept and in fact, same exact technology as the foam pouch, except as you can see, much bigger, much more functional. Um, and so it has three compartments. Uh, the, the entire back uh, is, is, is lined with that special fabric that I was talking to you about. And I, I also want to point out, you know, we've, um, you know, there's a lot of different kinds of EMF protection out there and some of it, well, let's just put it, not all of it is based on science. That doesn't mean it doesn't work. I just want to be, it's not all based on science and they make claims that aren't really measurable. All of my products are, are based off of universally accepted science and we make measurable claims. So we have laboratory tests, independent laboratory testing of our products on our website. Uh, and I go beyond that, right though, because I actually wrote a, a, a free ebook that people can download that tells them how they can test my products for themselves to verify performance. And so that, so what that, when we're, t- and, and that's uh, because the type of pr- protection we're talking about here is shielding. And it goes back to Michael Faraday that it's just a universally accepted uh, form of technology. So anyway, go, getting back to this, the sling bag, my favorite I product, it. I, I, it, it doesn't only fit a phone, uh, but it will fit a tablet or a Kindle or a Nintendo switch. It also happens to fit my uh, eyeglass case. Um, so I, I, I really like all your necessities. Product. Yeah. And I don't like putting my phone in my pocket, even when it's in airplane mode or even in a pouch. So yeah, this is a much better product. That's, uh, for uh, that's awesome. And then the, the, the third product I would point out uh, is too big uh, to to show you. Um, <laughs> but it, it is my my bed canopies. Yeah. And now we just talked about how I don't make full Faraday cages for for my products. That's true for the, the products that are designed to, to as to be working. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but when it comes to things that are designed to protect your body, uh, I do. And the, the bed canopies are the best example of that because they do form a full 360 by 360, uh, Faraday cage in effect, uh, because they all, they include floor mats to go under, under your sleeping area. So you get a full cage effect. Now, the reason for this product, is because you know a lot a lot of the products that I make and the ones I built the company off of originally you know products like the foam pouch they're designed to help reduce your exposure to sources of EMF radiation that are actually in your control right so you can use the foam pouch but you could also turn off your phone you can use the laptop pad but you could also just not put your laptop in your lap right. and there's you know there's a lot of these things that that are important right that that these these sources that are close to us that are very important uh, to either modify our behavior or use EMF protection or both. But then there's a growing amount of this exposure that are from sources that are not in our control. Uh, so neighbor Wi-Fi networks, smart meters on our home or on the apartment building, uh, cell towers, and all of these sources. And you know, the more urban an area you live, the more of these that there are. And actually shielding your whole 
apartment or your whole home is incredibly difficult, is very expensive, it's easy to get wrong. And once you do it, even if you're successful, you have to modify a lot of your behaviors in inside of your home because uh, because you can't be using EMF emitting technology once you're inside of these things. So because of that, I wanted to find a way to make it easier for people to protect themselves from sources not in their control. So that's why we created the SYB bed canopy. The, the canopy create, now it's not your whole apartment or your whole home, but it is your whole bed, which is where you spend a big chunk of each day. And it's a really important chunk of each day because you're supposed to be regenerating, rejuvenating, yeah. relaxing. Right. And so by using a product like the SYB bed canopy, you can really make a huge difference against all of these sources of EMF radiation for a big chunk of your day. And so that's why I'm, I, I'm a big fan of, of, of the, the bed canopy. I love that. That was one I have, I have a bunch of questions from my community and one sure. of them was about, they were concerned about, you know, um, EMF in, in apartments or condos or their neighbors in general, if you live in a suburban area and obviously everybody has their own Wi-Fi and everybody has all their own things admitting. Um, so the canopy would probably be like your number one thing. Yeah. Suggestion I, and for that. I'd still also take this. Yes, for sure. That is really the only kind of product that you could get to address that sort of thing. Absent hiring uh, an EMF expert to come and do a kind of a larger scale custom shielding implementation. Um, but I'd also take this moment to, to remind your listener that it still matters what that listener does in, um, in his or her own apartment or condo or whatever it is. So even if you see 20 Wi-Fi networks, which I understand how frustrating that can be, still turn off your own Wi-Fi at night um, or switch even better, uh, but I know a lot of people don't do this and that's, I understand why, uh, switch to ethernet um, and, and, and corded uh, internet for, for, for your home or apartment. But uh, it, it, it's important not to, to, right, to lose the forest for the trees. Right. Um, you, you want to control those things that you can control even when there's a bunch of things that you can't control out there. For sure. Yeah, I've seen some EMF products of, for apartments that like there's these big things that you put on the back of paintings or something, you know, to oh, shield. Have, oh, you do? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so that's a good thing then. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, again, you know, it's just, yeah, it has to be real technology. Yeah. Uh, but then it, you also have to use it the way it's designed to be used. This is, um, and so what do I mean by that? I mean, like I, I talked about the phone pouch already and how, uh, you know, it's designed to make it safer to carry your phone in, in your pocket because the back is shielded, the front isn't. And what, why am I saying that again now? Well, because, you know, if you put your phone in your pouch and then put the pouch on your nightstand, you know, lay it flat to sleep with it, it is not protecting you in that, right? Because the, the shielding has to be between the, the phone and your body. So you can't just buy a piece of EMF protection, even if it's real EMF protection, and just expect it to work, you know, make the tech safe. You have to use it exactly how it's intended Properly. to be used. Mm. And so the the product, and I don't know if you were talking about my product or somebody else's, but mine. Just in general, yeah. Product, yeah, I had yeah, seen one. I didn't know that product. you had one, but that's. Yeah, we call it the poster frame liner, and mm. it, it's a boring name. 
Uh, I know, but it's because we cut it, uh, we, 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 we cut it and size it to the sizes of standard poster frames. So for instance, 18 by 24, or 24 by 36. And so we designed it so that it can go into any frame that you might buy at the store. And so you can put, you know, big piece of shielding up on your wall or multiple pieces, and no one would know that it's shielding because you're putting in your own art, your own photograph, your own print in there. And that is, you know, where that kind of protection comes into play is when there is, for instance, a smart meter right on the other side of the wall or uh, a Wi-Fi router right on the other side of the wall. You can then provide provide some shielding that deflects the radiation away from where you and your family are spending time. My Wi-Fi is in a closet mm -hmm. and in my mind, I like, should I, I, okay. So if you turn it off at night, this might be a dumb question, but then when you turn it back on, do you have to like sign into everything else again? Do you know? Uh, not in my experience. Okay. Okay. Well, it's supposed to, it's supposed to just reconnect. Ah. Yeah. And in fact, you can put it on a timer, right? The kind like, uh, you know, if you're going away on a trip and you put a timer in, so your lights go on and off, you can put your Wi-Fi router into that same kind of timer, have it turn off it whenever, you know, you, you, your family stops using internet and have it turn back on, you know, 20 minutes before you start using internet. And then just, mm. it happens automatically. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I need to do that. My, my cats, there's a little spot in our closet where one of my cats in particular in the winter, she likes to take a little nap in there. And I'm like, I don't want you to sleep in there. Yeah. Like, <laughs> there's so much going on and it's like right beside her. And I'm like, that's probably not good. <laughs> so yeah, I need to figure out how to do something about that. Okay. I am going to ask this is going to, we're going to do a little like Q and a, because I have several questions from the refined hippie community that, and they might, your answers might be kind of repetitive because we have kind of addressed, I think some of these to some extent. Okay. Um, well, one of them is if you have an orange marker that they installed in your front yard, is that a 5g antenna? And should we be worried enough to move? I have seen some pictures of that. It's like like cylinder have you seen that no i i don't know what that's yeah referring. i i don't i had seen one post about it um maybe a couple months ago and i'm not really sure what it is either so yeah i mean i i will say a couple of things that i can say in response to that one is that 5g antennas do look very very different yeah. from 4g and uh, 3g and so forth because it's such a different technology so unless you, 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 you're actively looking for it, you won't see it. Like you can drive past a 4G tower and say, oh my gosh, that's a real cell tower. With 5G, they're so much smaller, but they tend to be mounted so they won't be just on the ground. It'll be mounted higher up. So like on the top of a light pole, on the top of a uh, traffic light, on the top of a building, and that's where you tend to see them. And, um, but they, they're, they're much smaller. It's just like a, it's like a uh, kind of a post, but again, generally mounted up higher. Yeah. I think this is, this is, they're short and it's orange and it looks like a post, but it's not, I don't know. I have, I don't know what it says, if it says anything on it or, uh, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know either. Well, well, it, in general, if somebody lived beside a 5g tower, like, should they move? I don't know. I've seen these videos of like birds attacking 5g towers and things like that. Like, what yeah, are your you know, I, that? well, so what I would recommend because I'm not, in, I, you know, it's not my business to tell people to move. Around. I know, I know. So I mean, it's kind of hard to say like, no, you should move. Like, <laughs> No, if you care about EMF exposure, and yeah. this, is, this goes beyond just a 5G tower question. If you care about EMF exposure, you need to get a decent meter and learn how to test. 
So I, uh, I'm, as I mentioned before, I have a free ebook for that, which um, I'll give you after this, I'll give you the link so you, maybe you can put it in the show notes. But it's, it's on my website at shieldyourbody.com. And it, it, I recommend a whole bunch of different EMF meters. I don't make or sell them and I don't get any affiliate commissions or anything. It's my honest opinion about the meters I recommend. And then um, I explain how to use them, what the units mean, what different organizations call to be you know, safe and unsafe levels. And it's a really good resource, but, but it really is important uh, for anyone who's, who cares about their EMF exposure. That's the only way that you're gonna know what it actually is. Um, because there's certain things that you know you shouldn't do, right? Like carrying your phone in your pocket. But beyond that, right, EMF, it's odorless. It's invisible. You can't touch, see, smell, taste it, right? It, it, the only way you can know how much there is is by using one of these tools that of, of sufficient quality. You know, a $30 meter off of Amazon isn't going to do much for you. Um, but if you use it, one of these meters of sufficient quality, which means spending about 150 bucks. Uh, you can, that's the way that you can figure out how much EMF is around you. And even if there is a 5G tower right outside your window, that still may not be your biggest source of exposure. And you it's won't know this. It's all the stuff that's closer, you know, yeah. like you're saying. Yeah. And all, it, they're, they're, you know, I, I give this, uh, I tell this story that happened to me. It was a couple of years ago. I was at an Airbnb and I took out my meter and started measuring. And I, I measured these electric fields that were just crazy high. Wow. And I was like, what is going on here? And I, uh, Long story short, I traced it down. It was a DVD player that was plugged into the entertainment system. I'm like, this makes no sense. How is a DVD player causing this? But, but I unplugged it and I was fine. I would have had no idea that Weird. a DVD, because we weren't even going to watch any DVDs. I mean, come yeah. on, it's 2020. I mean, time, hey, I still have DVDs. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm we never getting rid of <laughs> We were traveling. We didn't bring our right. DVD library right, with you're us. Not like, yeah. <laughs> we take all um, my movies. We might want to yeah. watch. <laughs> but um, but yeah, that's an example because I would have had no idea that, and yeah. it was really high. Like it was weirdly high, and Bizarre. just unplugging it allowed me to get rid of that that exposure. And so meters really matter. Learning how to get a good one and learn how to use it that is. That is my response. And then so for the person who asked about the tower, you know, take the measurements, see what levels we're actually talking about here. Is it something, you know, that you find concerning and then mm -hmm. then maybe consider moving? That's a great idea. I love that. And I want one of those meter things. Okay. Uh, <laughs> that I can't send you because I, I, I don't I know. Know, no, I'm not, I'm not, I understand. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. This is actually from me because I have an, and either way it looks cute if it doesn't work, if it doesn't do anything, but is there any validity to shungite or crystals? So that is one, um, I have, uh, and maybe, maybe I will, um, I'm just making a note here to, to send the, this to you afterwards as well. So I'm asked this type of question quite a bit. And uh, the way I answer it is, um, at least as far as I know, with Shungite and certainly with most of the other stuff we're talking about in this broad group, there is no science to support the claims of efficacy. Um, now, I want to be clear, that doesn't mean it doesn't work, right? Because there's a lot of stuff that science can't explain or can't explain yet. So it's not just that, you know, so when I say it, it doesn't yeah, have just because there's science. no science on it doesn't mean, yeah, I totally right. get it. Yeah. But when it comes to EMF and the work I do with Shield Your Body, I focus very much on this kind of stuff that is based on demonstrable science and makes demonstrable product claims. So like 
you know, my sling bag, I say it blocks up to 99.9% of EMF radiation. I do that because it's been lab tested and I can prove it. Um, but when it comes you to can't something have a that, shungite bracelet yeah. because you're like, I, how can you back that up? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so yeah. again, I'm, I, I don't discourage anybody from using them. And there yeah, are and people who nice. tell me, I mean, yeah, so, you know. <laughs> and there are people who tell me it works for them and that's great. Um, so that is, that is my, uh, the, you know, I get the shungite organite. I get that about neutralizers and harmonizers and the types of stickers that you can find online that do. Oh, X-Y. and what's that other thing that's. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even know what it's called. It's like, it looks like, um, they're expensive. I don't know what, what is that thing called? Whatever it is. I think you're about to say a brand name. So I, it I don't, is, talk and about I don't want to say it, brands. but yeah. yeah, I, yeah. uh, yeah, I'm not, I don't, I don't want to put you on the spot for that, but you know, a lot of people in the wellness community are like, you should buy this. And then of course they get like a kickback or whatever. And then I looked it up and I'm like, those things are $800. Like what? <laughs> like <Yeah>. or more. <laughs> I'm like, wow. I mean, <laughs> great that you can just throw that around, but whatever. (laughs) Um, yeah. So, well, at least they, they, you know, this one was $15. So I I didn't lose that much if it doesn't do anything. So, (laughs) um, the other question, this is actually, uh, an interesting question because I have been thinking about this. I kind of want a house phone again, just because I would like to have to be able to turn my phone off and the people who I really care about can call me on the house phone. But is that any is that any better at yeah, all? Yeah, landline for it sure. As long as it's not a cordless phone. Right. Okay. A cordless phone would still would it be the same amount or less? Or it's, I I hard to you say. know it's been no it's not hard to say. I just I'm so not on top of that anymore. I do know uh, because no no like no one has landlines anymore. I know, I but I kind of want one. I like the no, romance. That's cool. I have of it, a, I know? have a like, landline. I have yeah. a landline. Um, but not a cordless phone. My mom phone. still has a landline, you know, I mean, <laughs> uh, and I, I, I think I remember the right answer to this, but I don't want to say the wrong thing. So okay. it depends on the technology, but, uh, because there's different protocol, there's different standards for right. cordless phones. Um, but I will say that cordless phones in practice, uh, at least certain types can emit much more radiation than a cell phone. Uh, and so you want to, because just because of the way they work and the proximity to where people spend their time and so forth, that's why I say in practice, wow. they can expose you to more radiation than a cell phone. And so mm-hmm. you definitely want a landline, uh, I mean, a, a corded phone for your landline uh, if your goal mm-hmm. is to reduce your EMF exposure. You just have to get one of those really, really long cords, you know, the yeah. spiral. <laughs> or keep if you want to move short, around. Which is yeah. what I prefer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Okay. Um, I mean, I have, I have some other ones here. I mean, but I think some of the other questions we've kind of already covered, you know, how to protect yourself. And it's a lot of questions on how to protect yourself about things, which we've already kind of, kind of gone over that about, you know, your neighbors or, you know, people sitting at a job surrounded by computers. Um, I think your answer would probably be similar to what we've already been. Yeah. So out in the world, right. So we talked about the types of protecting yourself against the types of sources that you control. And we talked about, for instance, the canopy as a way to protect against things that aren't in your control. So the gap there is how do you protect yourself against sources you can't control when you are out in the real world? Um, so you're, you're not in bed at night. And really the only solution for that sort of thing is EMF shielding apparel. 
So mm. for instance, we make a, a baseball cap, we make a neck gaiter. Um, do you, do you know what a neck gaiter yeah. is? The, yeah. 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 Sort of like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, we make uh, men's underwear. We make a bandana. We're working on more and more of these products because apparel is the only way to protect yourself against sources that you can't control. But when you're out in the real world, now I want to make it clear to people like just putting on a base, uh, you know, an SYB baseball cap that does not make it safe because the way all of these apparel products work is they protect the part of your body that they are covering. So if you have the baseball cap on, yes, that's important and it's good. You know, you want to protect the brain, mm. uh, but, but it leaves the whole rest of your body right. exposed. It's not a magic even cloak. Even if you <laughs> load it up on all this EMF shielding equip, uh, apparel, you're still going to have exposed parts of your body. So right. it's not a perfect solution, but it is the only form of protection uh, for, for being out in the real world and against these sources that aren't in your control. Excellent. I think we have a lot of great tools here. I mean, you've, you've explained so much. I, I feel like I need to, whenever I re-listen to this, I'm going to take notes, you know, um, I think everybody should. <laughs> so, um, thank you so much for coming on, uh, tell everyone how they can, um, I mean, I'm going to put it in the show notes anyways, but you, you know, you can T tell everybody how they can find you or, you know, anything new that you have in the works or, um, yeah. Sure. So, um, uh, well, the, the best place to find me is at shieldyourbody.com. That's shieldyourbody, all one word, .com. Uh, obviously, we have my store there, so you can browse my products, but it's actually a tremendous amount of free information because we're an education-focused company. We're talking about hundreds of articles, uh, a dozen eBooks, dozens of videos, uh, on all sorts of topics related to EMF and EMF protection. Uh, and right there at the top of shieldyourbody.com is a free guide to uh, with the top five things that you can do for free to reduce your exposure, why they are so important. Uh, so you can just get that right up at my website. Uh, we're also Shield Your Body on YouTube and Instagram. Now, one other thing I'd point out, uh, point people to is on my podcast, which is the Healthier Tech Podcast, which touches on issues of EMF, but also gets into broader discussions and questions about our uh, relationship with technology and how to build a healthier one. And that mm. people can find at healthiertech.co or the Healthier Tech Podcast on, on all the major podcasting platforms. Mm, I can't wait to listen to that. I wish we we could have touched on, touched on that, but I think we could probably, or I, I could sit here and pick your brain all day. So <laughs> we got to no, wrap it up sometime. <laughs> yeah, no, it's been super pleasant. I really appreciate this opportunity. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on. This really was, it was uh, educational and fun and I really appreciate you coming on. Thank you for having me. I also appreciate the opportunity to talk about this stuff with, with you and, and your audience. Thank you. Thanks so much. Oh my gosh, did I learn a lot from that episode. I feel more inspired to take charge when it comes to EMF and my exposure and also just being more conscious about my daily interactions with technology. I think that because of the increasing exposure to this type of radiation, we're going to see uh, a lot of really intense things in the future. So we got to nip it in the bud now and try to protect ourselves and our family the best we can, which is what we talk about here on every episode is ways that we can help ourselves and the planet um, 
in all different facets of health and wellness. So thank you so much for joining me on this episode. Of course, as always, I appreciate you so much. And until next time, my lovely friend, peace and plants. Bye.